Hello and welcome back to Evolve Music. On today's episode, I speak to the wonderful Cosman about his new release, the EP called A Song For. So in this episode, we discuss that and vulnerability and the power of identity, patience and perseverance. I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hey, how are you? Can I just say you look great? Thank you. That means a lot. I've just done like an eight hour shift and I just reek of coffee which is a nice smell but you know we love coffee do you are you a barista now i am putting that journalism degree to good use <laughs> honestly you're just hustling it's a side hustle because you've got the bbc stuff as well oh thank you it's a literal grind how are you i'm really good i've i've been to romania i've just been to nottingham to see harvey it's just been a lot of traveling and it's really tiring it is a privilege, but it's tiring. Yeah, I mean, like jet lag and, you know, you're always very busy and, like, the changing climate almost. But then I guess it's been, like, hot here recently. But, yeah. Are you dying where you are because I'm sweating? I am boiling. Like, yeah. The mixture of, like, coffee and sweat. Not nice. Thing do you as have well. air conditioning at all? We do. We do. But then, like, the back room is, like, a sauna. And it's just, it's, it's literally like 22 degrees. And obviously outside our side hustles, you're like currently kind of pursuing music more. I mean, you've always had this amazing talent. You, I mean, you, you can play piano, guitar. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't say I've always had the talent, you know, I've always kind of been learning. I did start off with piano and from then on, I just kind of got more attached to sort of lyrical compositions as well, just because it's like an extra layer of depth. And I did not start out singing well at all. I cannot look back at any like previous works and think, oh, this sounds really good. But with this new release, the EP, it's the first thing I've ever been like proud of and I can listen to it and not cringe. And I think that's what evolution is. I like that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I mean, so can you say, would you say, like, based on your own experience, anyone can learn to sing? You know, I don't know. You have to believe in yourself if you want to sing. And you have to try and keep trying and just try lots until you find maybe a style that suits you, maybe a technique. I think the first time I sang in a way that I liked, was when I was doing a cover of Doja Cat. And for some reason it just worked. And I don't know how it clicked, but it did. And the most important thing is not giving up because then you're never never gonna find what you can do. I'm not sure if everyone can sing, but you definitely have to be willing to give it a go and to not be scared of what you sound like at the beginning because everybody's on their own journey. Oh, that's beautifully put. Like, uh, I feel like from listening to the EP, you've got quite a like, deep, powerful, but also like not vulnerable voice, like, but you, you speak openly about certain emotions and things and you do it with so much power, but with like poignance in your like voice. And yeah, it's just wonderful. And you're very like poetic with how you speak and how you sing. Yeah, and um, is it with, I mean, it's like blonde memories and dancing there's like they're like different effects done to them yeah so 
how where does the inspiration to do that come from and how do you do it you know what the inspirations come from whatever i'm listening to and whatever i'm feeling at the time and somehow i mishmash them together i will never really go looking to write a song it will more just slap me in the face and say put this out and if it's good it will and if it's not it will fail um but with those two the inspiration behind dancing was the feeling of not making it as a musician the lyric i'll dance for you if it's the last thing i'll do means like i'm gonna give it my all and try as hard as i can otherwise i'll never amount to anything musically and i'll never make myself proud whereas blonde memories was more about my first ever crush who was a girl from middle school and it was all about how I no longer know what she does, what she looks like, how she talks to people, if she remembers me. And the whole song is a massive metaphor for how memories sort of change your perception of a person. Over time, you start to forget them. Memories start fading, you know, at old age, it's hardly ever like reality anymore. And over time, all that's left is what you want someone to be, not what they actually are. So it was a sort of bittersweet feeling, whereas dancing was more like desperation and giving up. And God. yeah. See, I, because I think when I listened to dancing, I, I found it not like upbeat, but I was like, oh, like this has got quite a vibe to it. And then, and then to find that it's it means like the the meaning to it is something so far different than what I thought it was. I, I was quite naive with it. I was like, oh, like it's about you know how you perform for the people you love and like what you do so that they continue to love you. But it's more for for you. It's more about your passion for music and like yeah, oh. definitely don't think I make that obvious. But it's nice that everybody has their own meaning of it. Um. I got the baseline for that just in my head whilst I was listening to TV. I started dancing and I thought, let me hum this into my phone. And then later down the line, I added it to something. One morning I was playing some chords on the piano and I was like, this is interesting. Put those together, found some drums, wrote some lyrics. And it was very much just, it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense for the audience. It matters that it makes sense to me. And it really matters that the emotion is there. Because I think one of the most important things for a performer is to have that dynamic, that grit, and to sing exactly what the lyrics are supposed to extend out. Um, and then the other thing you said, you used the word vulnerable for singing. And I really like that description because you're just supposed to be exactly who you are while singing it. and. I'm just trying to show that there's different aspects of me that I'm insecure about, such as, am I gonna make it in music? Am I gonna be able to be as good as all the other people? Do I have what it takes? And that's really scary. Yeah, because like, despite how talented you are and despite how talented other people can see that, you know, like friends, family, people that you have performed for, if you are not accepted into the industry, how is that going to make you feel that like you know deep down you're talented, but you're like, oh, 
am I not enough? Like, but really, it doesn't matter whether you're enough or not. It just matters that you're getting what you want out into the world. People are listening to it and people, you know, it's, yeah. it's like this personal thing for you that, you know, if people don't enjoy it, then they don't. But there will always be those few that do or you know, vice versa. Freddy, so much. It means so much to me that it's out there let alone like being listened to people because the amount of hours that goes into recording it and I hate recording it, um, the amount that goes into producing it, which is like you're constantly going back and forth on yourself on what sounds good and how many versions you can iterate of any one song and then mixing it to make sure each part comes in through the way you want it to sound and then mastering it so it can sound in harmony with all the other songs on a project it just takes so long and having it be out there is such a relief and having said that um my mum actually doesn't like any of the songs I don't think she said they're quite niche they're I, I don't think I could finish listening to most of them and I was like it doesn't matter because I'm so happy that they're out there and that there is some sort of material to draw on if somebody wants to see what I can do and what I'm capable of it's there whether they like it or not I think a lot of it can be a bit art pop with regards to blonde memories the first track those with problems is hyper pop which is becoming increasingly popular and I'm drawing upon the widest spectrum of like influences throughout the entire EP from like Charlie XCX to Joni Mitchell. It doesn't matter as long as you're doing what you like and what you're proud of, I think. It's just all facets of yourself. And I mean, I, I'm glad that your mum was like brutally honest with you, but I love that you're still like, yeah, well, it's out there. It just shows like your defiance and it just shows that you, you've done this for you. And I just think that's like wonderful that yes although music is a thing to be shared it's also a thing for the musicians it's like this is a part of my soul that I'm giving yeah. to people and that's yeah just incredible for me this music project is so much more selfish than it is commercial I'm not entirely bothered about making money I know there's plenty of other things I could do but as long as I always have music with me and as long as I keep dancing so to speak then I know that I'll keep improving keep doing different things trying to reach out to people and performing and sort of being listened to is a great thing and it doesn't matter if you don't like it because I think that's so interesting I think it's better that my mum doesn't like it because this honesty and this sort of critique it just makes me solidify what I already think about the music the fact that I'm proud of it and you can't really move my judgment of that that's what I like about it. like other people's opinions just like you know if, if they're negative like they just do not matter because you're happy with it and as you should be I think it's incredible I love I think my favorite thing about it, the whole like the EP, is that the EP is called a song for, and then all the songs are like following on from that. Because I was so stupid because at first I was like, so what's the song actually called? Then? <laughs> like, because I didn't yeah. realize it was an EP. I just thought, so are they all called a song for? But no, they are like a song for when you're happy, a song for like when I'm dancing. Exactly. It? it was so hard to try and find 
how they could run on together as like a sentence, but also be their own separate thing. I think the EP is quite incohesive. You can obviously tell that, I mean, I've written these songs over two years and I didn't exactly know what ideas I wanted to put up there, but it's definitely the best possible portrayal of what I'm capable of at the moment in terms of um, performance, singing, producing, all of it. And that's the best I can say about that. So when you say that it took you two years, did you start writing it two years ago or did you kind of like take your experience from two years ago and write it recently? So is it like, is the EP like kind of like a roadmap of your musical life and life in general? It is a roadmap. It is somewhat in the same sort of ability. Like, I don't think I've changed um, how I sing necessarily, uh, but I think it has helped me improve singing. I also think that it started out around about January 2020. That was when I wrote the first song, I believe, um, or maybe even before in 2019, but I had no idea that these songs would even be on an EP. The idea fully got fleshed out when I finished writing a song for When You're Happy, which is about one of my good friends. And then I thought, well, what if I just try writing a song for different things, maybe different emotions, different ways I'm feeling? Because, I mean, after March 2020, there was quite a lot of turmoil in terms of being um, stuck in lockdown. I went through, I think, two periods of depression. I mean, although they were short and I had it better than a lot of people, I think everybody can sympathize with the fact that we didn't see who we wanted to see, we were missing a lot of people, and putting a human being inside too long does not do anyone any good. We're all social, and we all like to discuss and meet up and stimulate each other in different ways so that we can grow as people, but I wanted to try and go through those emotions and eventually I just came to this EP and a lot of songs were planned for it because I tried doing a lot of different stuff but these are the only ones that stuck and even the first song wasn't even supposed to be on it I was just planning that for a separate release a different genre a different style but it ended up making it just because otherwise it would just be like a relic and I didn't know how it would age but it's just a whole portfolio of what I can do at the moment. Gosh, amazing. Um, when, like, when you say that, like, the first song, like, did the, is the EP in a specific order? And if so, why? So I know it's, that one of the songs runs into one of the others. I think it's, it does. Yeah. And it does so for no particular reason. <laughs> Everything is there because I thought, it sounds better in this track list. A lot of artists do debate their track list and the order of runtime to make it seem like it works well together, like it's all harmonious. And I thought maybe starting out with the more intensely produced ones and just changing it up. You have um, upbeat stuff and then it goes into more art pop and slow and then it goes into some folk singer-songwriter and then at the end a ballad. I thought that was kind of a good spread across the entire project but overall really there's no meaning and there's no chronology 
to the timeline. It's just whatever sounds best. It's See, I, I quite like that because it's like it kind of it's like another metaphor underneath all of the musical metaphors. It's like the actual order of it just shows like how chaotic life can be and how you never know where you're going to be. You never know what kind of song you're going to need for that day. You never know where you, when, whether you're going to have the problems or the dancing or the happiness or revisiting some old memories. Yeah. yeah. I like it's, that. it's a paroxysm of all sorts of emotion. Like a whirlwind. I just feel like, like as I've gotten older, I thought when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm going to have so much stability in my life. Like, when I'm 25, yeah, yeah. I'll have three books published, a house, I'll have a cat, you know, I'll have a little family. And you get to 20 or almost 22 and you're like, oh my God, I'm I'm working, <laughs> I'm making coffee for people when I wanted to be on the radio. I want, I want to have these books now. And, and it's very much like, I, I'm proud of my progress in life, but I'm not happy with where I am, but I can see where I want to be. I just need to get there. And it is just, there's just, life is just so fluid in every aspect I just think music is the only anchor that we have and I, I like that every human being will resonate with music at some point in their life yeah. I mean other than like deaf people but deaf people can still experience music through like vibrations and things um yeah I think Rhythm. we can all yeah rhythm's so important okay. some way or another you know I just think like music is just so uniting. I mean, it's diversifying in like the sense that it can cause debates, but I think it's the only thing in life that people can be like, yeah, listen to this song. And I just think it's beautiful. I think it brings like strangers together, friends together. I mean, the fact that you're like, um, one of your first songs was it, um, When I'm Happy, it's written for or like about one of your closest friends. Yeah. Um, and so good have adding meaning to these songs and memories by bringing in different people to for example on that song when you're happy at the end um i brought in my friend and we recorded the last line together because i thought that's amazing like how can you not it's an idea it's a memory an experience and it just adds so much to the song for me it doesn't matter if nobody picks up on it it is quite subtle but i love it and whenever i listen back to it i think ah I remember recording it in that car with that microphone, doing about a hundred takes, laughing whenever it didn't go wrong, trying to like auto-tune it if needs be to work out where in the layers it's supposed to add together. It was amazing. Like an, a permanent echo of your friendship that's in that song that I think that's just wonderful. And then if you were ever to do another song about her, it is, this is Serana, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. yeah. True, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could always, like, do another song with her and then have that sampled either at the beginning and the end. It could be, like, how you've progressed since then, like, what yeah. you're doing now. That, that's cool. I've always thought, revisit old songs. Try and see if you can give them a sequel. See if you can carry on the message. Something nice about expanding on ideas, sort of trying to work bigger than it is you can always you should know when to stop when you've done enough good but it's always impressive when you can just add complexity to things and I don't know if that's something I will explore but I think the art of making an EP and 
obviously in the future an album is just so complex in itself especially if it's like a concept album because you're trying to add ideas to work together and to tell a story a narrative and it's so hard to do it's one of my biggest goals i would love to do it it will i mean it took five years to do five songs front to back you know 100 percent effort in them i don't know how long an album would take to do but i'm definitely up for it and i've definitely got ideas yeah and like that drive just shows how far you are gonna go and like i just think with music it just takes patience like i think in this day and age, people are so conditioned to have this instant gratification that if we're not good at something after like the first few tries, we're like, oh, we're never going to be good at it then. But it's like, oh, definitely, you have to have patience and passion and there. And the fact that you're doing all of this on your own, like the fact that you're recording the instruments and writing the songs, recording the songs, editing the songs and then producing them like that, it's just a testament to your talent because obviously it's going to take time. And the fact that you're willing to put that time in and to produce something that is wonderful to listen to and that you can be proud of and that other people can enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I would happily wait another like 10 years for you to produce an album that you are happy with, that you want other people to listen to as well. Like I would be excited for you. Even 10 years is fine. It's when you get the commercial sort of business that you write a contract and you say, right, well, I'm going to give you one album or this amount of material every two years so that you can be happy and then I can get my paycheck but for me doing it as an art form it's so much more unconstrained I can just do it however I see fit and if I'm happy with it then it's good nobody can tell me this isn't catchy enough or oh it's too long it's too slow we can't put this on the radio and the truth is as long as you create something authentic and unique as well, because a lot of things sound the same as these days. I'm so uh, disappointed. I think when I hear another guy singing on the radio and it's all the same, there's no technique, I wouldn't say. There's so little personality in what I hear in their voice. I can clearly hear it's auto-tuned. And it's, a, it's an all right trend when you know how to use it and when to use it. But I just want to hear more people singing like they used to in the 60s. Some talented, talented artists used to have such a beautiful vibrato and dynamics as well. Like they know when to be quiet and when to bell and how to carry across an emotion. But today everything is so compressed and it just has to be the same and carry a beat and not get boring. You say um, it's like, sorry. Go on, go on. Say like, would you say it's like music almost feels like mass produced? Like it is just like, oh, we need to get another song out. We need to get like the the next summer hit out. It's like there's not really space for those emotional singers that actually have a narrative to tell, which is upsetting because I feel like they're so captivating. Like we can see with Kate Bush is running up that hill. Like obviously that's been popularized by Stranger Things, but I think yeah. her is an artist. She sings so much and her, she tells stories with how she sings and that she is completely and utterly herself uh, she really everything she does like babushka and um we're doing heights she's very very much who she is and i feel like she didn't let the industry influence that and I, I for me i feel like she was a little bit overshadowed because because of that maybe i was watching a documentary about k bush this was a while before because so i just wanted to know who she was 
And when she was talking about the song um, Running Up That Hill, she wanted to name it a deal with but having the word God would not have resulted in it being played on the radio. I'm not sure exactly where she's from. I want to say Ireland. But back in, I think, the 80s, it was all these labels trying to put constraints on you. They told her, you can't name it this way. And so she was very frustrated about that because the song meant so much to her. So it's obviously about swapping places, a man and a woman with each other so that they could better understand what their counterparts are like and how they could work together. My interpretation of the song initially was completely different. I thought it was about someone who had mental struggles and if only they could swap bodies and the afflicted person could see it with their eyes, they would perhaps be more kind towards themselves. But it's just, that song is really amazing. And Kate Bush herself deserves all that. She's just a beautiful person in and out. Like I just think she's just so like odd and eccentric that I love her like you you have to love her and she's just I think the defiance in choosing to be yourself over anything is what is so amazing about people it gives her that sort of advantage in the music industry being yourself and it might not always work but in her case it did it really defines you and I told I think we talked about this all the majority of releases these days are mass produced. People want to make money and I do. But when it comes to music, I'm just so invested in the art form that it's amazing when you find artists that do it their way and that actually get popular off of it. And I'm glad to see it. Uh, I don't, I've, I mean, from an external perspective and from hearing other people's experiences, I feel like you shouldn't go enjoying the music industry like say like even if you are really good at guitar or something I, or singing I don't think you should join the industry just because you want to make money from it because I feel like you'll learn very quickly that it's very very difficult to make any money and you you spend more money trying to make money like yeah. recording equipment getting new strings like basic things like that like traveling to gigs but it is so worthwhile if you have that passion whereas if you're just in it for money it's just gonna like you just not see any fruition uh, you have to have immense, immense courage and willpower. Like you have to, if you want to be a musician, I'd say, sure, you can do it. You need to go and put yourself out there. Go to open mic nights, try and join festivals, get yourself known, send your CDs to labels. For some people, I agree. Music is just something that they pursue as a passion and having it be tainted by all the sort of different limits the commercial music requires you to be in would just absolutely kill all of that passion. And for me, I think I'm doing it at my own pace, exactly how I like it. And if it, anything happens, it happens. I'm doing my best just to be authentic and unique. But at the same time, I'm proud of my releases, and if they never get noticed, that's on everybody else. <laughs> I, they are. <laughs> they're missing out. Like, everyone listening to this needs to go and listen to the EP, a song for, and then all the little songs. Um, oh, gosh, I was going to say something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, 
gosh okay I'll just think of a question whilst I'm thinking of the actual question <laughs> what song <laughs> would you say is most like about you slash like what song like like out of your EP what mm-hmm. song would you say you are listening to the most today or like the one you needed the most today today I think Blonde Memories oh, I'm, I think it's so soothing I think you're meant to listen to it at night with headphones in a bed. There's no external sounds and you're just supposed to drift off away with it. The synths, they're not really synths. It's a piano that I literally played backwards from the outro of the song to the intro so that when I reverse it, it works in normal order. And then I added this effect called a blur. So it just sounds like it's a whining mosquito, but it's also pleasant to the ears. And that sort of drift, I I like that. Just, it's a calming ocean of just chords and melodies. And I feel like that's what I'm listening to today. And I think it's quite positive. It's got a a nice positive perspective on it. It is bittersweet, but in the end, I think that's... Nostalgic, like you're retreating back into like times that you can rely on because you know that they happened and you know that in your head they kind of still exist in this perfect like ideal world and you can just drift off to it like would you say it's like similar to ASMR or you know what I really like the idea of ASMR and music I think Billie Eilish right I wouldn't say she's ASMR but there's a certain way she sings where everything is enunciated all the T's, all the S's, everything is kind of whispered. And I don't mind that idea. It gives such a different texture to a song. It does make it more vulnerable. It does make you want to draw your ear in closer to listen to what she has to say. And I have thought about that. It's just very hard sometimes to get it to sound the way you want. You have to compress something a lot to be able to hear it. And then in the way the dynamics work, if you want to go louder at the end, that might cause problems. But it is amazing and it's calming and it's a great way to think about things. Yeah, can you imagine just like listening to some ASMR and then like just as you're about to drift off, like you just hear this like massive like drum pell or like piano noise. You're like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that song does do that. There's, <laughs> there's like four sections, five, and the third one is just. Let me hit you with a beat change, um, a little switch up. It breathes and flows. But I like that because it's like a bit of a bit of thunder in your in your weather forecast. It's like yeah, like drifting off. But oh, remember, like just be just be cautious, be vigilant all the time. Those <laughs> exactly. memories, they might be blonde right now, but oh, they can turn. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> agitate you. If you think about anything too much, you're gonna get anxious. You're gonna. <laughs> Thinking is never good. Just shut that little brain off. And (laughs) (laughs) all I can say, that's my best advice. I don't think too much about anything because ignorance is bliss. And that's not to say that you shouldn't pay attention to some things and that you shouldn't be present. But ultimately, it's your life and you should seek happiness. I mean, I'm not saying you should, but I am. (laughs) So you should be miserable. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I would never say that, but I'm never <laughs> you what to do. I think you should live life the way you want to. Definitely. I think as long as you're not harming others, I think you should just 
try and be happy with yourself. Exactly. So I feel like I think too much, but it's never about the stuff that I should be thinking about. And I always think there's so much going on in here. And then the things I say, it's like, oh, do you, do you have a do you have a head? Do you have a brain in there? I know. I know. It's what is it? Is it like what's when you have like an ego narcissism? Is it narcissism when you think about all the bad stuff? Maybe not even about yourself, but when you just focus on what you shouldn't be focusing on. Um, I think that's probably more like pessimism. I feel like narcissism, narcissism is very much like, oh, I might, like, oh, I can't be bad at anything. I'm just good at it. Like, say if someone criticised you, you'd be like, no, I'm, I'm too good for that. <laughs> oh, right, so that's superiority. But also, it's all about the ego. I'm above everyone. But the pessimism, I see, I see. Pessimism is very much, yeah, like, oh, like, you just see, like, the negatives in life, which I think it's it's so much easier to do because I think we are overly exposed and heavily saturated to all of this negativity. Like, the news thrives off negativity because people are addicted to it. Like, we'll hear someone gossiping and we'll naturally be like, oh, what are they saying? Because we just, we just love it. And I don't know what that is about the human psyche, but we, we like negativity. And I think... We you compare yourself a lot to other people or perhaps uh, what what goes in on in your head uh, for example you're talking to me about the three books that you've not put out why is that because you will hope for yourself you go at a faster pace or are you thinking about somebody else that has done the same thing and you're thinking why am I not there that's a good question um I feel like it's because I think a lot of it is it's internal pressure like I I have this idea in my head that I have to be perfect and I'm I maybe that's a little bit of narcissism in myself but it's more like like if someone criticizes me I can take it because I'm like okay but I will internalize it and be like that means I'm rubbish like that means I'm terrible so I have to overexert myself to be better but then I, I, it's like cognitive dissonance because I'm very very much aware that I cannot yeah. achieve perfection because everyone's perception of perfection is different and in my own head it's like if I don't get more than a 2-1 in my degree like a 2-1 or more it's a fail in my head I'm like if it's not yeah I'm allowed a little bit of leeway but if it's anything less than that in my head it's a fail yeah I understand perfectionism is so hard to grapple with especially when you're an overthinker and you start going back and saying to yourself well I could have done that or that would have been a better outcome or how do I get myself? It's just all these thoughts. If you do it in your own time in a way that you're comfortable with, I'm not saying a little bit of pressure isn't good because you can definitely squeeze out some of your best work under a little bit of pressure. You can't be too relaxed. But at the same time, it's, it's, you have to have a balance. Everything in moderation. Think. Okay. Like, as I said earlier like with music especially and I think with everything in life like be pa- be passionate be patient and what was the other p word we just said <laughs> productive yeah yeah <laughs> you also mentioned perfectionism but I don't think they were positive vibes no see my head is just like huh sorry explosives um so let's end on some positive notes. What are like five things that 
in general about yourself that you are proud of or happy about and yeah like what five things about you that make yourself happy okay five things uh number one let's just say i'm glad the ep is out and that i have new horizons to look forward to and already some new material to work on that is quite exciting to work on the number two would have to go to trying different things and maybe not being scared of looking like a clown or maybe it not working straight away there's always something to be learned self-growth is great number three uh number three that i like not about myself but just the fact that i'm part of it is my family because i just visited them in romania and i've just come back to them in norwich and i'm just so glad to have everybody that i have and they make me feel like i belong somewhere and that's amazing number four would be like learning something every day i think you can have goals that can be buying a car or buying your first house but then what? What are you doing then? I think aim for something that's unachievable, but you make progress to it every day. Um, number four, learning something different every day. That's one of the best goals you can have. Because like I was saying, you will never like fully reach it, but you're making progress every day, which means that you've always got something to work towards. And that's amazing. And then number five, was this interview. This is my first time doing an interview. It's such a humbling experience. It's what it's such a wonderful podcast. You have had so many episodes with so many interesting people. I recently, recently listened to the Sherlock episode and one of my favourites was when you were interviewing Benny. I mean, that is <laughs> a flame. That's amazing. And I bet you can now say, well, look, this is my work. This is what I've done. And you could go get anyone you want, I think. You're only going up from here. Thank you. It's, been, it's lovely to have you on. I just, as I said, like the way you are with words, the way you are with music, it's just very beautiful. And I I admire you because you also have like the scientific part of your brain and the artistic part of your brain. And they work in harmony. Like I think you're very much like, yeah, I'm very logical, but also very arty. And I think that's incredible. Whereas my brain's, I don't know, it's, I mean, I'm not going to compare because we're completely different, you know, um, but I just think that the way you see the world is wonderful. And I'm glad that you kind of try to have this like mission for positivity and happiness, but also you allow yourself that vulnerability with your emotions. You're like, OK, no, like today I'm, I'm not feeling too good. And that is OK. And that's OK for people to listen to that because they may also feel the same and we can all cry together. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. I don't feel okay most days, which is why most of my songs are maybe depressing, but we're working on it. And the fact that there's a really cheesy quote that I read somewhere where it says, a creative adult is a child who hasn't died. And I'm like, in a way, because being creative allows you to be fun and having the science part as well allows you just to be a person with awareness and being able to apply oneself to life so having both I think everything again balance be a bit of both do it the way you like I think like just always be yourself like as I feel like this whole episode has been very much about identity and just exploring who you are I, I feel like music allows us to do that um yeah 
And I think we were talking about Kate Bush and how, and, and you as well, obviously your mum was like, oh no, I probably wouldn't listen to these songs all the way through. People were like, well, that doesn't matter. Like, and that defiance and like defending your own identity is really the most important thing. Like in the, in the face of change and adversity, always, I mean, if it's positive change, go with positive change. But if someone is trying to change who you are, defend yourself because if they are trying to make you be who you cannot be then what you produce will not be anything recognizable and you will never be happy with it i mean listen everybody else they can relax because the biggest battle you will probably ever have is with yourself as long as you beat those inner demons then there's no reason not to be happy anybody else can say what they like but it's the hardest one to win is like to conquer your own mind and heart and be happy with that. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I was just trying to think if we can end this on like a... Okay, if you were an instrument, what kind of instrument would you be? And what kind of like... Yeah, what kind of instrument and why? I... <laughs> I would like to be... I like to be a piano because I play piano and the piano is diverse and they're also just beautifully complex. Like the way they're made is just amazing. And I just have an affinity towards like that instrument. It's, it's great. I remember like when you try, like, tried to teach me arabesque and I was like this, like yeah. it just, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And I've always like my mum, like she's had a keyboard and she just did not know how to play it at all. Like she could only play one-handed. And I then could not, not nat naturally, but like I, I was like, I can play with two, you've heard me play, I can't play, but like I can use two hands. And I tried to learn fair release over lockdown, but then like my keyboard wasn't big enough to like play all the notes, but like I got to like- Biggest, biggest, absolutely biggest. It just turns you <laughs> much not being able to hit everything and it's like oh literally like I could play a minute and a half then I'd be like well I need three extra E's so what's the point but yeah. I think piano it yeah it did I was like oh right great so you just, yeah, just me. cut me off then <laughs> but um I'm in a privileged position now where I have access to a piano that has I think a f I don't know if it's like the biggest one but it has like a full set so perhaps it is um 88 key normal piano if you want to count <laughs> I believe. Um, I believe. I see. it doesn't look like 88 keys but i can play some I'm, I'm learning learning i i hate saying i can play when when i'm speaking to actual musicians because i learn is great you said oh you've heard me and i'm not good i've seen you improve and that's amazing yeah, I think as long as you can see that progress is being made, then it's like, well, yeah, well, there is potential there. If progress is there, go for it. Like, as I said at the very beginning, like people are, these days are so drawn to internal gratification, instant gratification that it's like, ah, well, I'm not. Because I've been trying to play piano for like six, six months properly and then like a little bit for about two, three years. But it's like, yeah, I had those two, three years where I was just dabbling and now I'm like trying to learn. I think it's mm -hmm. all about time and passion. I just, I think, I think this podcast episode should be called Passion, Pressure and Patience. <laughs> uh, I like, 
I like that. I love it. Um, and usually I end these things on like any funny stories that you have or like a quick joke, but I don't, I feel like, cause this has been like a blind podcast and obviously we, that rude technical interruption. I don't want to put you on the spot, but if there's anything you'd like to wrap up on, like any little lighthearted story about yourself or about your music or anything that you think the listeners might enjoy, or I would enjoy it. It's just a little conversation with friends. I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but if you listen to the songs, if you go and stream the EP, just think about this in your head. I was in a car trying to sing all of these songs and people would go by in the street and look at me like, what the heck is he doing with a MacBook and like a microphone up to his, like, is he doing? (laughs) And I'd have to stop recordings because they'd start looking at me and I'd be like, no, okay, right, well, I'm not singing. And a car's not that good for soundproofing, you know, audio quality so if they could hear me instantly I'd be like right now no can't do that impossible which is why I'm trying to go to more open mic nights and just absolutely vanquish this not fear but it's hard for me to have people listening to me I think in real life because you don't want people to like because you can obviously see people's facial expressions and I feel like um, as much as the music is about yourself and not, not about yourself, or it, it is kind of, but like it's for yourself, you wouldn't want people to look disinterested because I feel like that might be this hard. Oh, like- in real life, you only get one take. Mm. That I can record it as much as I want until I get the right intonation, the right emotion, the right anything. And I can edit it afterwards. In real life, you go there and it's like, that's it. After it's done, it's done and you can't change it. And as you were saying with memories, like that one little 10, 20 minute slot is how people are going to remember you unless you can change that. And I feel like first impressions are very, very difficult to change. So important. I know. You just, but in practice, you you can't get better if you don't do it. And even then, the way that this feeds in like a positive feedback loop. I go open mic nights, I improve my singing, I go back and record something and it all just gets better. So there's no reason not to do it. I know I can. And that's that's what it is, like, as long as you have that like drive within yourself. See, back with your setup in the car, I thought you'd only done that in um, songs for when I, a song for when I'm happy. I didn't realise you recorded the whole thing like in your car. That's crazy. That is my professional studio. One, because I don't want to make noise inside the house and I also don't want the house to make noise in my recording and if you isolate some of the vocals like the only one I recorded in the house was a song for how I hate long distance and that was just because I was quiet and I didn't have to belt anything necessarily the rest were in a car a car I could do whatever I wanted in and that was uh, yeah See that that's like your unique selling point like you know if <laughs> recording like it should somewhere in Norwich <laughs> you could go on like little tours in that car and be like meet me in the car that I recorded my first ever EP in and like you could perform it all from there and like oh my god you could have a stage that looks like a car uh, like, 21 pilots have already done that and they set it on fire so I don't think I can compare <laughs> Well, you should have a Cosman. Come on. <laughs> 21 Pilots stole the idea from you. They were inspired by you. 
though two years prior. But that's fine. They don't, they don't know that. <laughs> Nobody knows that. No, you are the true musical muse. Thank you so much. It's no, been an absolute pleasure. And I just I feel like when I've spoken to you, I have read like I feel like my brain has become smarter, even though that was a ridiculous sentence. That's amazing. I like that. That is the biggest compliment. Because yeah. I feel like you're you're very inspiring and Okay, so wait a couple of years until I release my next album. We'll do, we'll have a rendezvous. We'll meet again. And just you wait. I want to see how much I've improved then. Oh, I cannot, cannot wait. I'm I mean, going to blow your mind with poetry and lyricism and all those beautiful things you can do with words. And I mean, the EP is amazing. Yeah, like it's, oh, as you said, it's that constant battle with yourself. So you're like, oh, I'm how, proud of that, happy with that. And like, what's next? Or what do I do now? Let me do something even better. Let me do this or this. We'll, we'll have to do this in two years. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to keep up to date with when my blog posts are going to be released, please follow me on Instagram at evolve under dash music under dash blog or subscribe to my podcast on Spotify and Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye!